This podcast is brought to you by the Uncut Podcast Network. You know, Gambia is just tantamount to Guinea-Bissau. In fact, I think Guinea-Bissau is better than our country. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> oh, I did. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, once again. Welcome to the conversation, as usual. Lang, and how was your week? Well, I had a very normal one, I guess. A, a, the usual routine, so nothing much. Um, yeah, but I mean, as usual, I'm glad that it's Friday. <laughs> Into the weekend, so I'm happy. Let's get. Let's welcome the Alcamba Times. Good evening, bro. Hey, good afternoon. Yes, yeah, man. I think I, I tried to, you know, join the conversation, but there were some technical issues uh, from my end. But finally, I'm in. I'm glad to be here. Good to have you, man, bro. Good to have you. Thank you. Then we get the ball rolling. We start from home. The highlights, as usual. Leng? Um, I mean, I think I'm, I may have missed some of the developments this week, but I think one outstanding... Um, I mean, item in the news has been the petroleum saga that happened, and some individual eventually got um, arrested, and they said investigations are going on. I think that should be an interesting case. Let's see where that that ends with this fuel shortage, and now hearing that, well, um, a certain percentage, I cannot remember the figures exactly again, we are not accounted to, so... How did that happen in the country? And I think we talked about the need for digitalization. And I think one thing that I saw in the news was that the managers, also, whosoever, were using some Excel sheets to enter the information. So not even relying on the digital system or whatever was provided to them. So very interesting for me. I think that has been the main highlight during the week on my end. Let's bring in Mr. Marin if he has any information with regards to, to the thing. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Um, I think um, the recent uh, scandal um, rocking the gun petroleum has left many people with a lot of questions. And then I personally, I have run a couple of stories um, on the saga since it started, um, I can say, a week ago. Uh, the shortage of fuel started uh, three weeks ago, but the arrest um, of these officials um, is just a week old now. So basically, from our investigations, uh, we realized that, you know, first of all, Gun Petroleum is not um, government-owned uh, institution, but they have a, a stake in it because um, you have... Um, partners that are parastatals. Uh, these are government, we call them um, uh, state-owned enterprise. They have uh, a share in that uh, gum petrol. So basically how the public came to know about the issue is uh, um, a gotch. You remember the uh, international um, global company called Gatch, uh, run by one Abubakar um, Jaura, who is a Gambian, but he has uh, uh, various companies both in Angola, China, and the Gambia. He is one person who is 
involved into the petroleum um, business in the Gambia, though much is not known about his involvement until uh, this arrest uh, take place uh, uh, a week ago. According to what we gather is that Gaj Abubakar is the main supplier of other petrol stations in the Gambia, meaning he bought some shares uh, from the uh, Gam Petroleum guy, thereby having a monopoly of uh, supplying other uh, uh, petrol uh, stations. So what happened is that there was a payment that's supposed to be made to Gam Petroleum and an amount of $1 million. Uh, Dalasi, eh, sorry, one million uh, euro was given to one Khadija Tukebe. Khadija Tukebe is a personal assistant to Abubakar uh, uh, Jaura uh, for him to make payments to um, Sehu Drame. Sehu Drame is the managing director of Gam Petroleum. So, what happened is that this Khadija did not make these payments to um, uh, Sehu Drame. Instead, he made payments to one Mamudu Gajaga, who is uh, who is the owner of uh, JFIN Financial uh, Services, for him to deposit it in an account. That account allegedly belonged to Khadija's father, uh, Ahmed, Ahmed Kebe, who is currently in Turkey. So after it was realized that Khadija didn't make the payment to a gum petroleum guy, so the matter was reported to the police. You know, so when the matter was reported to the police, Khadija was arrested. Then the police started making investigation leading, you know, to the arrest of Sehu Drame, who is the managing director of um, uh, Gam Petroleum, which is director of operations, uh, Mr. Lamin uh, Gassama. So investigation revealed that, in fact, there were some missing stocks that were given out without you know, uh, that were given out. So the police realized that there were. So it, the investigation opened up, you know, leading to many, many people being arrested, including some uh, owners of petrol stations in the Gambia. And as we speak now, these people are still uh, being detained. So now, the, now that the investigation is going all out to ascertain what actually happened, they discover that, in fact, the the fuel crisis is caused by uh, these uh, officials at the Gam Petroleum. Like, they were not, you know, giving out. They were hoarding kind of stocks, you know, and making deals. These are not very, very clear because the investigations are still ongoing. And the government just yesterday came, you know, to clear the air. But they were not also very clear as to what actually happened. According to the a trade minister at that press conference, he said, you know, the 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 the, the, the prompted stock verification visit that they had on the thirty first October to the depot, you know, uh, revealed that you know, one to four tanks were all empty, you know, and each of these tanks contained fifty liters of mixed diesel and water. So the capacity for the five tanks there was twenty metric ton, but they realized that. You know, all those tanks were, you know, there was no fuel in those tanks. So they believe there was some foul play, you know, involving the officials who were taxed with this responsibility with the businessman Abubakar Jawar. But government is denying, you know, its involvement and they didn't come directly to address whether Abubakar 
is involved in this uh, in this in this in this uh, fuel scarcity. But what the minister said is that the police investigation will allow them to know actually what happened, you know, with these missing stocks. So it's a very bit um, uh, complex uh, 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 investigations, you know, because a lot of technicalities are involved. But as we speak now, you know, he promised that, you know, uh, fuel is available in the country and then, you know, uh, they are trying to restore uh, the, the confidence of uh, the, the the partners who bo who who buy stocks uh, from uh, Gam Petrolo because when this thing happened, I understand even some of their partners, uh, European partners came in, you know, to the country to ask questions: Why are their stocks missing? Why are they, you know, uh, why are the stocks missing? That's the question that have been, you know, raised by 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 these uh, 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 shareholders in this entire. A petroleum uh, a business. So uh, basically, that's it. They they still been arrested. Police are investigating the matter. I hope that you know they will come out and you know update the uh, general public about you know what actually happened. So, but, but basically, that's what our investigation find out. It found out there were people who were you know uh, who were given stocks without due process. And many, many stocks were missing. So now, you know, because there are only three major international oil traders in that in that place. That is the BSTV and the ADEX, you know, whose stocks were held at the depot, mm. you know. So uh, basically, eight of the OMC, Castul, Petrogas, Jar Oil, NP, Afri Oil, DMPC, they all got their, 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 their fuel from, from these three suppliers. But Gaj is the one leading this. And Gaj has no... Uh, they they has they they never brought in any petroleum in the country. Can you imagine? Okay. But they got the biggest share, you know, distributing this petroleum to other uh, fuel stations across the country. So according to according to the compilation of the re responses received, it indicated that at least nine thousand six hundred and forty-three metric tons, you know, or otherwise called the petrol, sixteen thousand five hundred and forty-three metric ton of diesel. 3,445 metric ton of jet fuel, 17,993 metric ton of HF4. These are technical, though. Mm. So this were uh, this were the uh, this this were what was accounted after the investigations. So um, maybe I'm I'm a bit technical because it's it's <laughs> it's it's involved. You know, uh, it involved uh, some some technicalities uh, because of well. Let me hear the reaction from the speakers also, because if what we're hearing is is, is right, like uh, about fifteen million liters of fuel went missing. Yeah, that's scary. Like, what's your take, man, bro? Is the Gambia? You remember? Um, was this twenty seventeen or twenty? No, maybe twenty eighteen. There was a day I think that I was watching QTV and this small kid was interviewed about um, what they do, how they do pickpocketing, etc. Mm. And he was bold enough to say, I can even um, do this to the president. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's the kind of country we live in, where people just can 
I mean, how many things went missing in the Gambia? How many things aren't we able to account in that country? So it's not surprising because of the weak regulatory framework. Just imagine yeah. what happened with Navek. Just um, you remember when they said that cash went missing or whatever. How can that happen? Would that happen in any serious country? Even individuals wouldn't do that. Just transactions between individuals. But these are things that keep on happening in the Gambia. And yeah, it keeps on growing and scaling. And also based on the information we are getting now, these transactions were between individuals, not the two different institutions. This was between individuals. How can you be giving one million or blah? blah one million, one million. One million euros, euros in cash. Yeah, why we would don't you, do that in fact. Why would you, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Um, why would someone have one million cash in the first place? And why would that's the first question? Why would I have one million euros in cash and then also to make tra- a transaction in cash? That is problematic. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one thing about the Gambia we we should do away with this, um, you know, how do I put it, um, hand based cash transaction or whatever. But these are things that are that keep happening, even at um, I don't know what we would call serious institutions in the Gambia. They still accept these, I mean, cash transactions, etc. And that's really problematic. And and even even the uh, investigation, according to uh, the sources, uh, these officials were using a different software, uh, different from the software that was launched by 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 authorities uh, by the best standards, you know. So they were using their own software. To, to to do certain dealings. And I will quote, uh, because it's a bit technical, I just want people to clearly understand, you know, and I will quote, you know, according to what we gather, there were like three major international oil uh, traders, namely Tragula, uh, tra- tra- you know, uh, it's, I think it's Belgian and BSPV and ADEX. You know, these people, their stocks were held at the depot as a bonded warehouse and responses were received from 8 OMC. That, uh, that is the, this uh, uh, petrol station. That is Castle, Petrogas, Speed, Jar Oil, you know, Afri Oil, GMPC. So the compilation of the responses received indicated that 9,643 metric tons, you know, of BMS or otherwise called the petrol. You know, 16,543 16, metric ton of diesel, 3,445 metric ton of jet fuel, 17,793 metric ton of, you know, uh, HF4, which belong to international traders, and 1,111 metric ton of BMS, 3,711 metric ton of diesel, and 884 metric ton of jet fuel belong to this local OMCS. Those are the uh, the, the the petrol stations I I name. You know they, they, these things belong to them. But after the accounting for the closing stock, they realized that 9,843 metric tons of uh, petrol, 22,246 metric ton of diesel. 17,793 metric tons of F4 belong to the traders and the local OMG net. You know, but as you see, the majority of those stocks belong to international traders, as I highlighted. Two OMC have negative balance balances. Those are the those are the, the guys that have those stocks there. 
they have negative uh, 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 balance. So meaning they took stock from the depot that does not belong to them. You know, so you see 2,116 metric ton of petrol, 5,249 ton, tons of diesel. You know, those were that went missing and they were given to people that has not been accounted for. Wow. So according to wow. the investigations. Wow. So you see the international partners after realizing that there were concerns about the disappearance of their stock and number of them they came from Europe to meet the task force. There was a task force that was already established but nobody knows about this task force until mm. when the minister came to the press conference to announce that to the journalists. So they realized that you know that was a big economic implication for the country because failure to settle those international traders, that is what, you know, led to this fuel, uh, uh, crisis because those people also fail to reinvest, you know, because they want to claim back those missing uh, stocks. Okay. So, um, yeah. ML Kijera, your hand has been up uh, a while ago. I'm going to bring you in, then we will hear from Malang, then we can welcome Doctor in. Yeah, I just had a follow-up question to make sure I wasn't confused about this. That the fuel was in, it was just shipped to us and then siphoned in some way and replaced with water or whatever. Uh, did you? Maybe I missed this earlier, but did you specify as to where um, where the siphon fuel went to? Like, who was the ultimate? Like, who's who's uh, yeah, who's the product going to that should have been for the country? Do we know? Or like, do we suspect anyone? Yeah, as of now, you know, uh, people believe that, you know, uh, the, the fuels were given to God. There was a deal between these officials and, and God, so they cannot still account for those missing stocks. So that's the, uh, that's the rationale behind the uh, police investigations. And the police are not coming out because when this happened, I spoke with the police PRO. All he can to all he told me was that you know uh, yes, we can confirm that uh, uh, Sehu is in our custody, and that we are investigating him in relation to a petroleum product that is that that is under his purview. So all that is all. Since then, police have not given any update. You know uh, until. Uh, on, on Wednesday, when the Minister of Trade, along with the Minister of Information and Energy, came out to brief the press, you know. Okay, Malang, Malang. I mean, I, I think it, it, it all boils down to what Len just talked about, you know. It is so sad, but you know, Gambia is just not a serious country. Country, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you look at, uh, especially the current administration, it seems like it's an administration of cartels. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we need serious reforms in this country. Uh, and again, one thing that Len highlighted, though not in detail, is uh, countries are moving away from. Uh, having huge financial transactions, you know, passing through hands. People are now digitalizing their system. Uh, at the beginning, you just asked me about uh, how uh, the conference that I attended went. You know, I was online with uh, the, the minister for one of the ministers in Taiwan, the, their digital minister. And these are some of the issues that we talked about in detail during the course of 
my week's engagements. You know, uh, if you look at countries like Gambia and other developing countries, uh, one of the major problems we are facing down there is uh, political and administrative corruption. So uh, the only way we can cope, the only way we can combat these issues is through, uh, through digitalizing our system. You know, this enhances our governance system. It also a way where we can, you know, halt corruption because it has affected our system massively. Because if you look at uh, this whole saga of petrol and whatsoever, I think uh, it all boils down to one thing. It is just all about corruption, mismanagement, mispriorities in the country. So it is so sad. Mr. Marina, do we know if this has been settled now? No, the case the case is still under investigation. And I can tell you because I'm going to speak from I'm a human rights guy. And the detention of these people now is unconstitutional because they have been detained since last week, Wednesday, and then they are yet to be released on bail. And Gambian constitution clearly stated that, you know, uh, uh, you, you cannot detain somebody beyond 72 hours that is three days unless in special circumstances like uh, when the person is involved in coup or treason and stuff and this is more of an economic uh, uh, crime case so they've still been detained and the police you know <laughs> have not been coming forward to give the public regular update as they do with other cases you know but as i said earlier on gang petroleum is a private limited liability company so but most of their shareholders are, are government uh, parastatals institutions. And I remember, you know, uh, Sehu telling the, um, the, 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 the president during a visit uh, in May, when the president visited, he wasn't happy. You know, he said, you know, look, uh, Gum Petroleum is, you know, is, is one of our biggest uh, place where we can make money, you know, so I'm going to set up a, 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 a committee to look at the human resources because I understand they realized that there were a lot of uh, uh, problems at Gun Petroleum from security, human resources and stuff. So there was a commission that was set up, not a commission kind of, but, you know, a body that was set up to investigate, you know, what has been going on at Gun Petroleum because they believe that, you know, the information in their IT system you know, uh, was uh, the software that they were using is not, you know, in line with the international uh, uh, standard uh, uh, software of financial uh, 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 transactions. So those were some of the issues they, 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 they find. And the management did not have a single account for each of the OM, o, OMCs. Those were the companies I highlighted, you know, the petrol station. So a lot of uh, other stuff also were uh, happening there. So... The, the tax force was to use those uh, calculations and write to them and traders to request the details of their transaction. So when they got those details, they realized that uh, three of these OMG were, were balance were negative, which 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 you know raised a lot of questions as to how do, uh, their balance will be negative. So it's a very complex uh, uh, issue, but it all boils down to uh, transparency, accountability. So. You know, because the processes there were not transparent, and then 
you know, that result into this scandal. It's one of the biggest scandals that the country has witnessed in recent times. It's, and I, um, I want to add to what Marina just talked about. Like, look, I think the whole problem is a structural problem. And again, if you look at this problem, you need to look at the genesis of gun petroleum per se. So the, the structures were not right. You, you don't have necessary regulatory frameworks that should guide the operation of these organizations. So, and this is not only limited to, uh, you know, gun petroleum. It's just that, okay, they are the ones that we are discussing about, but this cut across many government parastatal institutions that are in the country. So until and unless we are serious about reforms, both administrative governance reforms, these issues are always going to be the order of the day. Exactly. Let's bring in Mr. Saul. Saul, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Abu. Uh, man, I can listen to Senye <laughs> narrate this story all day. It's been amazing. I mean, I was, uh, I've been on the road, so I'm really not following this story uh, closely enough uh, because I do know that we have... Uh, uh, what you might call it, we have um, uh, fuel shortage in the Gambia, but I really didn't know what, what caused it. For me, I thought it was just a supply and demand issue, um, uh, given that, you know, living in the States here, oil prices are going up and whatnot. And for the most part, that's what I thought. So I had no idea um, how this even operates. I, really, to be honest, I had no idea whatsoever, because for some reason, I thought Gam Petroleum was actually a government entity. I had no idea that actually is a kind of a, you know, PPP or its own private thing with stakeholders. Um, yeah, it's uh, a private I, uh, liability company. Right. So that's, you know, it's just fascinating stuff. So what I would do uh, in this case, I'll just listen to Saini, man, because I have nothing to add because I don't know much about this stuff. So, you know, I'm just going to be on the sidelines uh, listening to you all and, you know, learning and whatnot. But, you know, <laughs> good job, Saini, man. Just get good stuff. Saini, as of now, do we have any fuel in, in the Gambia? Is there enough fuel or... Yeah, there, there, is, there is enough fuel in the country. Most of the minister are anything to go by. So they were able to replace the missing 15 million litres? No, they, they're still investigating, you know, where those mis, mis, missing stocks are, you know. Wow. Marlon, what does this mean? Because we were somehow being kind of shut down in in some sense if if all mobility uh, has been has been stopped and people were not able to go to work and that's scary man how do we know this would not happen again because this seems to be um certain individuals you know just doing their things you know i, I just don't like repeating myself but like i, I mentioned it earlier look you need to look at don't look at only gum let's not look at gum petroleum per se look this is, this is something which is going to cut across the entire spectrum because what happened is like we need structural reform is the structural problem is these these problems are foundational do you get so until and unless we are serious until and unless we are you know we are serious about uh serious reform capacity building you know and holding up so there are so many issues that surround this problem actually the problem is this is just it's just it's, it's just it's just the beginning. So until and unless we are serious about serious reforms in our governance or, and what so or not, these things will always pop up. And again, it all boils down to one thing for me. This is if you investigate this issue, it is all about corruption. So how how can we curb corruption? How can we stop these issues? 
for me it took, uh, also at the beginning i thought okay this is just uh, you know price hike of petroleum maybe the the businessmen down there are trying to uh, but later i found out that no this is more than that it's an economic crime this is an economic crime so we need to treat it like that we need to look at the foundation where where does this problem emanate from that is where we need to find out because to solve the problem, first of all, we need to know what caused the problem. You know, we need to look at these things. So the issue is corruption. How can we solve this problem? So this has something to do with what? It has something to do with our, our governance structure. So we need a structural, these structural reforms need to cut across both administrative reforms and that of governance reform. Until and unless we, we, don't, we do these things, these kind of things are always going to pop up. They are always going to pop. And you know what is so sad about the country is like having huge financial transactions, you know, you know, not within the banks or but individuals having such kind of money, transacting such money. It is appalling to me. Like it is something which, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. We just need to digitalize our systems. The whole reason, the whole spectrum of this Corruption is all about what? Because there is a class flow in hands. So it, we need to avoid that. So if we can stop that, if we can stop this thing, look, government governments are now moving from this manual bureaucratic setups. People are now moving to, you, you are either in electronic government or you are out of government. So Gambia is just lagging behind. Even, you know, within the sub-region, it's only Gambia that service delivery is still very poor. You know, Gambia is just tantamount to Guinea-Bissau. In fact, I think Guinea-Bissau is better than our country. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> For me, people ask me, okay, what is the solution? For me, I don't know the solution. Maybe Len and Sol can help me with the solution. What is the way Okay, for? let me bring let me bring in Aisatu. Maybe she can help her with some solutions. Aisatu? <laughs> At least you didn't bring me in after... After uh, Sate, where's Sate? Uh, hi, how are you guys? Uh, sorry, I was a little bit late. I didn't listen to every. I couldn't. Yeah, I uh, I didn't hear everything you guys were saying before. But I'm gonna repeat myself. Like I said last year, you guys think this is only the petroleum? It's across the board in the Gambia. It's it's in every. Just like it's across the board. It's 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 the petroleum. Is the health sector? Is the education sector? We need a big change. And the change is not only the system, it's even the people. We, the people, the Gambian people have to change. We need to think country. We need to, and then uh, we need to set example of corruption. When people do this kind of stuff, they should, there should be accountability. As long as there is none, people are going to continue doing this. This is not just in, just the petroleum. It's across the board. For example, there was a time we in the diaspora, we, contributed we came together we contributed we sent a lot of healthcare stuff to the gambia and then come to find out that uh, the people there like the health the healthcare i mean the people in the healthcare like um the, the hospitals the healthcare facilities they were selling the stuff that we sent over instead of using it for the people they were selling it so it is it is it is something across the board it's not it starts from the top our, our top leaders are, are, are corrupt. It goes down. It trickles all the way down. So that's my contribution. We just need to, I, I don't know how to change this, but 
we need people have to have, people either have to change and think about country uh held held accountable you know people have, if they do something like this they have to show an example set an example but sikola jogede anyway can we have uh, sol please because his hand has been up yeah i mean <clears throat> before you think about country like what i said he said you need to have a meal so the idea is so abstract in my in my view right because we are we asking people not to be corrupt in a system where people are i mean paid like nothing like barely nothing for example i mean i've said this to people many times right uh when i watched the malagan video of the guy who was selling the covid stuff i think it was good investigative journalism but i don't think it was holistic because it was missing different a uh, lot of stuff and one of those things is that for example our cops are paid what 2000 2000 something dollars a month if those people are making that much how do we expect those people to survive so in my view those people are actually it's like how it works in america if you work in a restaurant basically you don't make minimum wage so that means you know you have to rely on tips to survive so the money we give to the the police and stuff on the side of the road for me those are tips because again the salary we are paying them is not i mean it's just not sufficient enough to keep them and uh, maintain their families and what not so yes corruption needs to be eradicated or whatever which i mean which is basically impossible right but one of the things we can do is to at least at least give people a decent salary decent and we can talk about the private sector as much as we want but the government has to set the example right i mean i know some civil servants so like literally if they tell me how much they make you know it's just sad i mean i remember right after high school i got a job i was a court clerk you know, i was barely making 1000 dollars a month i mean obviously this was this was a while ago in the early 2000s but still i mean that wasn't that was nothing the court the uh, the the judges uh, police you know they call them the orderly whatever they call them back then this guy was barely making 1200 dollars a month and he used to live in farado you know he had to travel back back and forth to banjul and all that stuff really what 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 do we expect how do we even expect this guy to survive so people have to do something they have to feed their families and yes i mean the the gun patriotism stuff looks like that's on a whole different spectrum now. you know we're not talking about billions and millions i mean that's serious stuff but when we look at corruption holistically i think we also need to realize that people have to survive somehow and if you pay people 2000 dollars a month 5000 dollars a month right now there is no way they can actually take care of their families that is not even possible So yes we can tackle corruption on one hand but we need to raise the wages too so that people can actually have a decent shot of just surviving in the Gambia. Thank you very much Mr. Marino finally on this topic what other informations can you share with us? No I uh, I just want uh, to give you just some uh, figures about um, our investigations into uh, gun petroleum because it's 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 really said that the country is undergoing you know a massive corruption and those who are supposed to stand up to uh, the fight against corruption are also been corrupted it's very sad um because i i tend to disagree with people when they say you know because people are underpaid in the country that breed corruption i say no that you know being corrupt does not mean you have to be poor to be corrupt we have seen elites who amass millions of uh, uh, dollars or millions of dollars from from uh, from government you know from corruption and everyone knows that this particular guy you know is uh, this particular guy is 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 corrupt that's how he gained his wealth from 
but who dare talk about it? Because these are our family, these are our friends, and I think Gambians are very comfortable with corruption, you know, because they will say in Mandinka, you know, any society damning, you know, Akala Kulke Walto, you know, in the sense that where the person where he walks, that's where he he survived, which is very wrong notion. And Gambians believe in this. You will see people in high positions say, it's your time, enjoy. What are you signifying? You want me to steal, which is normal. You know, we normalize corruption and stealing in that country. Unless we are sincere to ourselves, you know, corruption will continue to unfold. Even if we have change of government, next government comes in, you know, <laughs> the system will remain corrupt. You know, so I just want to give you uh, basic information. I understand from our investigation, government has invested, let's say, $50 million uh, uh, to build the facility, the Gamp Petroleum facility, which has at least 17 uh, fuel tanks with a total storage of 51,000 metric tons of heavy and light fuel. And Gambia, Gamp Petroleum is also a storage facilities for fuels that are transitioning to a uh, landlocked country like Mali. They also come and get their heavy fuel from that place. So when Baru visited there, he realized that there need to be a lot of work to be done there. So he constituted that tax force, but the findings are not uh, yet available to uh, to the to the to the to the to the public. But according to Sehu, you know, um, he said at least last year um, in 2020 they paid over 200 million dollars as a profit. That means they make over 200 million as a profit in 2020. You know, and then. You know, companies that were stakeholders, namely the Social Security and Housing Finance Corporation and Gambia Ports Authority, they paid them over 120 million, you know, as they are major, you know, making them one of the highest uh, uh, paying uh, uh, outpays in the Gambia. So they paid, let's say, 120 million to both uh, Social Security and uh, uh, Gambia Ports Authority in 2020 after making over um, 200 million. Uh, Dallas is. So basically, there is a lot of money, but not much is known about. Uh, they, they tend to operate in secrecy, you know, and without Khadija's arrest, this would have gone on. You know, nobody will know what these people were up to. So it's because of the ladies' arrest that people get to know that there was, you know, a scandal going in uh, gun patrol. So basically, this is what we have, and then I thank you all. Okay, Saul wants to react. Saul? Yeah, so I just want to um, respond to saying his comment. Yes, the elite, are, some of the elite, and I think it's not fair to say all the elite. And I'd, sometimes it's even confusing who's elite in Gambia and how we even define elite. Is that the minister, the people in the parliament, or you know, the politician class? Most of those people will be considered elite. But how we even define what an elite is really is confusing to me in the Gambian sense, right? Uh, because you know we don't really have ruling class families or anything like that so the elite would be what the educated ones who are actually part of the government or in businesses i don't know but long story short what i'm trying to explain here is that the police and the 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 people at the bottom of the totem pole because the majority of the people working for the government are not elite these are literally people who are making nothing and what i'm saying is that i'm not it's not it's not like i'm justifying what they're doing but if somebody's making $2,000 a month in Gambia, really, how do we expect that person to survive? We can talk about, oh, yeah, they have to have integrity or whatever. Fine. The president is making about, what, $4,000 a month? 
and these people over there are making $15 a month, and we cannot compare the two. So, yes, corruption at the highest level is different from, obviously, at the lower level. But what I'm trying to explain here, we need to see people for who they are and in their conditions and how they live. If I make $2,000 a month, if somebody gives me money, I mean, and I have kids that are going to school, I have a wife, I have to take care of them. What really do we expect? What do you expect me to do, right? We can talk about, oh, yeah, morals or whatever. Yeah, morals exist when really you have something to eat. When you don't have anything to eat, good luck. You know, that those things, I mean, you you, 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 second guess, you start start second guessing your own morality. Finally, finally on this, let's hear from Allah Bojang. Finally, then we can switch. Um, thank you. I just want to respond to what Sini said as well. Um, he just mentioned that, okay, in terms of integrity, but don't forget that Gambia is a country whereby we glorify people that are in position and the people that are corrupt. They will tell you, hey, boy, so why you door job And come on, we all know what that, where that nyetita come from. And when we talk about corruption, I don't think it will ever come out from Gambia because some of the things that we come up with, especially in terms of procurements and contracts, they are not realistic. Like the price of roads, you see the borough government building all sorts of roads. It's down to nothing but to corruption because of the millions and the amount of dollars that they made. Come on. That's the problem. And you talk about corruption again, the Gun Petroleum Saga. It's more to the story than just arresting Sehu and Khadija. And I think we need to be very, very careful how and where, because the government are not coming out plain and they will never come out plain. One thing I know about that project is or whatever is going on, petroleum. The, pres- the president is benefiting from it. The ministers are benefiting from it. Not only the petroleum ministers, but there are people in the borough cabinet. They will empower say, They will empower the people given that they are there. What is the problem with gum petroleum ordering directly from the manufacturer? Why give it to the, pre- the biggest founder of the president's party, Abu Bakar Jawar? What idea does he know about petroleum? And that is all down to corruption. And the only reason that there was a conflict of interest. So Barra will absolutely support Sehu and whoever is at the top. In any other normal country, the minister should have resigned by now, but it will never happen in Gambia. Barra will have taken actions while Defus in Nada. And this is what happened, unfortunately. So for the Gambia Petroleum case, for now. That's all we can do. Because nothing is going to come out of that case. In a million years, in the Ajame's voice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Then, Allah na nyunyak. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. It's been an interesting conversation. So to catch up again next weekend. Stay safe. Be safe. Peace. Out. Mm-hmm.